This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to the top people and ideas. Powered by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. BFM 89.9, I'm Philip C and this is The Breakfast Grill. Today I speak to Dr. Rezal Khairi Bin Ahmad, CEO of Nano Malaysia Bharat, as we have a conversation on how this agency has been working towards energising industries through the commercialization of nanotechnology. But let's be clear here, they definitely do not have nano-sized ambitions or budgets. Welcome, Dr. Rezal. How are you keeping? Great, great. Great to be back here. Yeah. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Yeah. 13 years ago, mm-hmm. nanotechnology was identified as the new growth engine for the economy. Where are we today now in 2023? 2023, yeah. I mean, you put that into perspective over a 12-year period of trajectory. So how it evolved into where we are now, um, when 12 years ago it was identified as a as a key opportunity for Malaysia to look into re-energizing the economy, new economy model. A uh, couple of years later, we incorporated as an entity focusing on technology transfer from lab to market. Mm. So our setup is very commercial-centric, commercially-centric. So, so no one yeah. disputes the multiple applications mm. of nanotechnology. Mm. I just wonder, though, mm. when you think about it, right, do we really need to still have a, mm. a technology-centric government entity to push this, you know? Mm. Why, why, do we, why should we frame our policies around technology as opposed to the solutions we Solution, need to solve? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're, you're very, uh, very, very, very point. When we started, I've been uh, beating up the drum, bam, 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 saying that, Tech here, nanotech here, nanotech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did get a bit of some some traction, uh, and people understood where we want to go to. But over the, over the years, we we changed our approach in terms of get creating public awareness, solution centric. Then we we make it so attractive, so sexy, uh, to the point where it um, it will solicit uh, a certain response. How? Mm. Uh, how? So the, the how bit is when we come. Oh, yeah. Because of because of this, you're able to do this is due to nanotech. Really? Tell me more. Uh, before, it was me saying that you got to do nanotech. Nanotech is great. So, And that didn't really work well. So we decided to do a 180 spin in terms of public awareness. I can make your life better. I can reduce the cost. I can make it more efficient. Yeah, you're trying to solve the problem exactly. that of the industry's customers yeah. all face. Because yeah. the, the, the trap you you know risk falling into is mm. that it just becomes a catchy buzzword, right? Yeah. That everybody just talks about. And it becomes a whole slew of acronyms that mm-hmm. we all just think about. Yeah. But actually, there's really no application. So always the issue yeah. about nanotechnology is mm-hmm. that it really isn't the industry. It's just a technology, right? It's, it's an basically it's an enabler, an, an enabler uh, for enabler. all these multiple industries. Mm-hmm. Then how do you repivot or change your way of how you organize yourself Mm-hmm. versus 10 years ago because you were very technology-centric. Now you have mm-hmm. to take that push moving forward to be yeah. a bit more industry, solution-centric yeah. going forward. Yeah, yeah. So again, I mean, when the narrative uh, was shifted 180, we, we talked to industry, we talked to consumer, we, we came up with our business model, we revised everything. It, it became, instead of like pure direct investment, we look into more of a venture-builder approach where we mm. become the industry, industry becomes us. So it, be, it becomes a convergence or confluence of ideas. That way, that we create established trust. Um, but uh, only like real authentic entrepreneur will understand that. Uh. And that, that convergence where we create partnership, we are able to take to the need statements from the society, from industry, we understand the need statement. We translate that into the innovation activities where we mm. put up a challenge to the university researchers say, hey, you need to solve A. We have a certain funding. So that congregation of universities, uh, the industry, we are solving something which is But does it have to go through you though? Yeah? Should it not no, no, just no, no, be no. going through another entity in no, government no, no, that no. drives it forward? Well, what we put in place, uh, we value. 
Yeah. Value what value creation. do you bring then to the uh, team? Value in terms of, first, a sustainable partnership. A value in terms of how we best we can address some of those key value of deaths. Because innovation is not for the faint-hearted. Sure. Yeah, it's not for the faint-hearted because from lab, ideation, prototyping, then you need to look into pilot production, then you go mass manufacturing. But those little steps in between, the little value of death unseen and heard by many is in terms of you need to validate the tech. Before investors throw their cash in, mm. you need to make sure you collect enough data in real-world environment or in the setting acceptable by the industry. So you need to make sure that those are well accepted, testing, validation, validation again before it so reaches... So it's the process. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 a, process. A, it's the process that you it's actually educate and yeah. you guide you know, yeah. investors. And can I just be clear, the yeah. process is blind to whichever industry you operate mm. in? Yeah. Mostly. Because I always they, they tend to see like a like a black box. Yeah. So, so hence when we we bring in our technical and commercial competency into the process, the industry players would appreciate that. But when we push those innovation, nanotech enable or anything that is related to you know cutting edge solution, mm. when we land into the the market, the user will see ah this is what will make me you know uh, my life better. It will uh, address some of the cost of living. It will address some of those issue regarding to food supply chain issue and whatnot. So you're clear about the solutions that you want to solve, but many are concerned Mm -hmm. that, you know, Mm -hmm. we in this country, we are really behind the curve. We are late in the game. Because if you look at the Silicon Valley back Mm -hmm. in 2005, Mm -hmm. there was that nanotech mania, right? Mm -hmm. 1,200 over nanotech startups. VCs invested billions, you know, they Mm -hmm. proclaimed nanotech to be the next great technology wave. Mm -hmm. Governments invested billions as well. Are we late in the game? Not really. I mean, uh, when we started in 2001, when this was an early aggregation of efforts towards nanotech agenda in Malaysia, uh, the human capital baseline was already there to begin with. So when we, were, when we came to the scene, it's us about how we can reorganize ourselves towards, uh, towards that agenda. I'll tell you one fine example. In 2013, when the government supported us to send 25 Malaysian researchers to Silicon Valley uh, to work with IBM, and San Jose, we sent 25. We selected, we were, we, were, we were very, very equitable and fair. So we select mm-hmm. one research from University A, B, C, and D across the nation on a batch basis. We sent them over uh, under my supervision, my team's supervision, and those IBMers who are doing some of this nanotech drug delivery game-changing solution to address a non-communicable disease in 2013. It ended in 2016. And we had an IP to report. They were so amazed on the level of our capabilities. What we lack is the the savviness to promote ourselves. Really? Do you think, yes. that's, do you think that's the issue? Yes. I think when I hear your story, it's yeah. not. It's the fact that it's only 25. Yeah. The debate is how do you scale it to become an ecosystem? Yeah. Because I think you can do the marketing and the mm. spiel, mm. but it's more important to build the talent base, isn't it? 25 is a good start, yeah. but how do we move it to 100, 1,000, right? Yeah. That's the debate here in yeah. Malaysia. Yeah. Because if you really want to build something entrenched, it's an ecosystem, how do mm-hmm. we get capacity building on nanotech at mm-hmm. this level of sophistication take place in our universities then? Yeah. The university is one thing, because um, when you look at uh, building capacities across, across the nation, you have a lot of spots of... Uh, innovation activities. Uh. Mm. You look at UCA, BC, and USM, UM, you have UC Technology Petronas, Malaysia Pahang, UMS, Sabah, and Sarawak, and whatnot. So the whole idea is to look into, you have to be above them to coordinate the bigger picture. And we decided to not invest or reinvent the wheel. Our approach is venture building. Going back to my earlier responses, we enable them to be part of the game. You consolidate existing efforts as opposed to recreating a new 
uh, center, a physical center somewhere where we are competing. Mm. We're giving them added value. To be part of that nanotech agenda, working with industry, that consolidation will create a virtual economy of scale faster. Because when you try to look into building tech capability via the old traditional way of physical structure, physical centralized lab, that's the old way of doing things. And it's very expensive. Okay, so yeah. basically what you do also is set up the infrastructure. Yeah. So let's just talk about the results here. Yeah. You yeah. know, if you talk about your core objective, which mm-hmm. is to commercialize this technology, yeah. you've announced about over 100 over JVs and startups. Mm-hmm. What is the success rate? Success rates. When we look back, since we started operating uh, with the government support in terms of funding one in 2016 all the way now, we're looking at about 70 to 80% in the innovation space. This is, uh, how do I say, is relatively good. Because it typically, when you look into the success rate of R&D to tech transfer, commercialization hitting the market, the global average is about 5 to 10%. Right. So 70 80% yeah. of yeah. them are able to? Commercialize. Commercialize. Right. And right. when you say commercialize, what, what does commercialize mean? Commercialize means that when you have those IP being ideated, intellectual yeah. properties, together with the researchers, you know, with, the, with the industry and whatnot. So what? The difference between us and most of other programs is on the get-go, the, the day one of innovation, the industry is involved. The off-taker is there. Mm. So upon the completion of that project, the IP is immediately transferred into pilot production and manufacturing. Uh, the only issue with regards to that, that can that the 20% is maybe it's not scientifically possible. We thought it was. Or it could be some issue regarding the, the, the corporate itself. could be some corporate takeover, some uh, shutdown and whatnot. But in terms of the process, it's easy. You're part of me. You're the one uh, pushing it to the market. So when I transfer the IP to you, yeah. and you hit, yeah, because you are addressing pre-captured market. Yeah, but can uh, I challenge yeah. that perception of yeah. what we talk about as yeah. commercialization? Mm-hmm. Simply because it's very easy to mm-hmm. get a product out, mm-hmm. to get it produced in some you know facility here to some scale. Mm-hmm. The question is, can it sustain? Can mm-hmm. it return and mm-hmm. deliver the payback period? Mm-hmm. How many of those JVs, or you know you have about 156 over products that yeah. have you know mm-hmm. gone through commercialization, yeah. how many actually have turned into sustainable businesses now mm-hmm. that actually don't require any more government funding? Oh, um, Upon the, fir- the first injection that we have done in terms of converting those IPs into the first prototype and translating that into pilot production, I think uh, uh, what we need is just a single, a single point of intervention. So beyond that, it's purely private sector play. Okay. Yeah. So, so they go to private VCs, they go into private equities to look for you know, uh, scale-up uh, support. So our intervention is one, but, but uh, there's a big but there. Uh, the reason some of those partnership and the reason also behind the, the, the success is we become part of the venture. Uh, so the, because when you transfer an IP, the IP requires a certain unique strategy to ensure that you are well protected and you understand mm. which market to go to. So us having enough competency in those particular tech sector, industry sector, we provide the whole hand-holding process without cash intervention. We bought, what we bought is more of a cerebral uh, partnership. Sure, I think yeah. you're clear about your value yeah. but back yeah. to the core question yeah. Yeah. of yeah. these 150 other products that yeah. have been commercialized, yeah. how many have turned into a business? You know, how many mm. don't need to talk to you anymore? Yeah. Because yeah. the measure of success is mm-hmm. that you become irrelevant, isn't yeah. it? I know yeah. you're trying to yeah. paint exactly, exactly. some relevance You there, need to exit the scene, right? You need to yeah. exit the scene. Yeah. How yeah. many yeah. have literally exited the scene yeah. and said, bye, I really don't need you anymore? Yeah. So out of that 112, based on our recent uh, couple of years movement, I think we, we can, I can safely say that we have about, roughly about 24 
Okay. About so, 24. So 24 out of uh, 156. Give yeah. me some examples of these 24 that really have been successful then. Okay. We can, I, can, I can safely say that one of them would be um, uh, drilling fruits. So mm. we have a partnership with a, a local company that uh, uses a local sustainable material infused with this material called graphene to improve the productivity of our drilling fluids. So upon our intervention, the next step is for them to deal with Petronas. Mm. So they're on their own now. Okay. So uh, the way forward is when the more they are, uh, they are uh, successful, we are successful too. So we are, we are riding on them now. So, mm-hmm. that, so their success is a true measure of success because we are exiting. So this is part of the concept of venture builder model as such. Yeah. All right, Dr. Rezal, yeah. please stick around and we'll be back to round up our conversation after these messages. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking to Dr. Rezal Khairi bin Ahmad from Nano Malaysia Berhad. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. Welcome back. I'm Phil C. and this is The Breakfast Grill. Joining, joining me in the studio is Dr. Rizal Khairi bin Ahmad from Nano Malaysia as we chart out how this agency will accelerate the commercialization of nanotechnology. Doctor, fast forward to today. I mm-hmm. think just one month you greeted the new Minister of Science and Technology, Chang Li Khan. What did he tell you or what was his guidance to you about the future of nanotechnology? Mm. Uh, well, he came over yeah, on the 16th of December. He came over to our office. We had a full presentation about what we do, a past, present, and future. So we informed him about aspiration. The past, a lot of nanotech materials from waste to wealth. So we presented some of our key successes in terms of our foray in digital economy. So understanding his vision, I think uh, a week ago, he had this um, a bit of like a vision statement uh, town hall, okay. a gathering at Branti Park. So one of the key elements which he downloaded to all of us is looking into some of those uh, climate resilience centric solution using technology. So that has always been uh, our uh, mantra from day one because one of the key deployment sector for nanotech has always been energy environment. Mm. So we have always been a climate change or climate resilient player since day one. For now, when we forward, we found the minister. So since our minds are not aligned, so you're looking into focusing all the existing solution into addressing climate resilience, climate change and whatnot. We are also in the transition towards that where we are looking to creating a new initiative, uh, moving away from what we do now. Because what we do now, as, I, as you mentioned earlier on, uh, one of the key success factors is when you exit the scene, yeah. the sector is self-sustainable. So mm. now we are falling deeply into EV. Okay, EV has a lot of uh, impact in terms of climate resilience because you're reducing carbon emission. In, in principle. So while looking ahead, um, aligning to the minister's vision way forward, so we are looking into also uh, putting those building blocks of what we do, converging and creating another program for a long-term trajectory to address and assisting the country towards carbon neutrality by 2050. But this is a problem, isn't it? I yeah. mean, do we really need government to get involved in EV charging? I mean, mm-hmm. you have done, mm-hmm. done an MOU with Petronas mm-hmm. to basically roll out mm-hmm. uh, EV charging facilities mm-hmm. using, I think, nanotechnology. Mm-hmm. But there are many private sector players out there that are yeah. actually rolling out EV charging ah, infrastructure. Yeah, yeah. So really, why do we need to spend time on, on these kind of projects mm-hmm. when a private sector is more than capable of doing it? Yeah, they are capable. But... Yeah. Those activities, I'm sorry to say, low value. Yeah, but they're still doing it though. System they don't really need... Greater. Our, yeah. The real value for Malaysia is to create high value jobs so you have some level of sovereignty in the value chain. There's no point for us to just import, trade, assemble, integrate and deploy. When some of those key components, yeah. COVID-19 uh, exposed a lot of uh, issues uh, with regards to supply chain. I remember... 
yeah. I get your point about yeah. job yeah. creation. And yeah. I think we are saying that, look, mm. job creation is a very key element of mm. what makes us a strategic sector. But mm. again, if you look at your track record, mm-hmm. you've created 3,800 jobs mm. over the past five years. Yeah. That really Is that really worth the bang for buck? I mean, mm-hmm. with a 50 million over investment in RNK12, Creating 3,800 jobs isn't necessarily mm-hmm. the right return on investment, isn't it? How do we justify mm-hmm. then, mm-hmm. you know, putting ourselves uh, to endeavour all these projects when the ROI just doesn't seem to cut it? Okay, when you look at 3,000 uh. jobs, those are high-value jobs. We're talking about individual engineers and scientists. Yeah. If you look at the some of the spillover effect, I use the MIT model, right? Mm. Every one high-value job will create five secondary mm. spillover effect. So yeah. 3,000 times five will create that economic uh, snowball effect of sure. 15,000, right? But do so, I need to spend 15 million ringgit to do this 3,800 jobs? I think that's always mm-hmm. a question because, yeah. you know, government the budgets are so tight is from now. RMK11. Yes. So way forward, RMK12 is a work in progress where we are building the whole ecosystem. So that's where, I'm going back to my previous answer, venture builder, you're part of the industry, you literally create jobs while you're conducting the projects. Mm. Then upon the completion of the project, you create more spillover effect. Mm. Going back to the question, why are we doing this when the first set of because we are using Chinese technology, American technology. At one, at some point, you need to control your your, your own destiny. Those charges that we look out there, who 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 developed them? Who the some of the key components? Not us. You look at Penang, Bayan Lepas. It has been a success, but. Those little components are not Malaysian tech. Do we need though? I mean, yeah. this in the end, we're just yeah. creating a false market. Yeah. We put all this money in. Mm. Shouldn't we mm-hmm. just let the market decide what works and we find the most mm-hmm. cost-efficient way? Mm-hmm. I think the worry I have sometimes yeah. is that, mm-hmm. look, we're trying to put a technology veneer on this EV part. Mm-hmm. And yes, maybe it delivers return, but it's mm-hmm. just expensive. It doesn't mm-hmm. have the ROI. Do we just create false markets as a result of all this government intervention? Oh, no, not, 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 not really. Uh, the way I see it, my, my, my point of view in terms of the real economic model is um, people would, would polarise it to uh, market-led mm. or policy-led or intervention, right? Mm. It's always somewhere in the middle in reality because when you look into going into disruptive new innovation, you have to look into how things are beyond what they can see because for short-term players, they're looking into their PNL. Okay, okay, buy, sell, build, deploy. But in terms of sustainability, in terms of our, have our own control of our own local and value chain, we need to look into how we can use available natural resources, create our own technology and translate into high-value jobs to be much more sustainable. Yeah. Do I get your point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about yeah. the 2005 scenario we talked about, mm. right? Mm. The payback for that time for nanotech was mm. past what they expect. Mm. You know, venture caps expect five yeah. to seven years. Yeah. Nanotech is mm. way beyond that, right? Mm. Yeah. But they in the US have given up, essentially, mm. right? Governments no, no, are no, not pushing no. it as much as they used to. They, they did not give up because those nanotech companies still exist today. They consolidated and they rebranded themselves. Just like how we rebranded our approach, they put solution first. Yes. Nanotech brand Later, when they ask why and how. That's right. They shifted to biopharma, materials, semicon businesses, right? But the nanotech is already pre-infused. Correct. That's why the debate is, is that do we need a technology-centric agency Mm -hmm. to drive this? Shouldn't we be more solution-centric in Mm -hmm. how we approach the problems Mm -hmm. as opposed to have allocation of money? Just give an example. The example of the EV charging. Mm -hmm. Look, you're not the only guys uh, Mm -hmm. in government agencies pushing this. MGTC is doing it, right? There's everybody trying to Mm -hmm. just fall over each other Mm -hmm. in trying to accelerate EV charging infrastructure. And there's no debate. We need to do it. But is there a risk that everyone is just trying to fall over each other and Mm -hmm. duplicate resources no, as no, a result not really, of this. Not really. I yeah. think it's all about uh, the harmonizing of, uh, of approach. When you look into some of those, okay, I give you, <clears throat> going back to your example about how company evolve from nanotech-centric, they become 
pharma this, pharma this, uh, they become agrotech, mm. blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, the, the, the real value being created to sustain the business has to be tech-centric. Uh, but the front, uh, the, the front that, that is hitting the market has to change its branding strategy to, to make sure that it is uh, solution-friendly so people can adopt. Going back to the EV charging, you have MGTC, you have MARI, you yeah. have us. Uh, okay. Within us, we have an understanding. MARI looks into more of a policy ecosystem. MGTC looking into the carbon uh, you know, reduction. We look into the tech injection. But surely uh, got overlaps. Uh, la. Of course, of course. You yeah, need overlap. Surely all cannot you, get along. You need to have overlap because yeah. I look at it positively. The overlap is critical for you to have conversation. Yes. Otherwise, if there's no overlap, you create silo. Exactly. I, I, I take uh, overlaps as a, as, a, as, a, as a positive thing. If without overlap, you wouldn't have a conversation. Like, so that guy's doing EV, uh, EV infrastructure. Okay, I'm doing it too. Let's talk. Yeah, but who's going to bring people to the table and say, okay, let's just make sure we allocate resources. We know now no, this no, government they, they, okay, you look is at, such tight budget spans. Uh-huh. We really need to prioritise our allocation Hence why resources. we are part of the EV Task Force and the MIT as well as MTCMRE. So we yeah. talk and we have an MOU on you do A, we do B, we do C, A, B plus C. We have a minimal overlapping between us. And okay. for us, we look at how we can push Malaysian tech into the market and create local sovereignty to technology because we need that. I'll give you an example. Biden last year, 20, uh, 22 June, he created um, uh, American Jobs uh, Initiative, right? Because there are 211 gigafactories in the world producing batteries. How many in America? Only 12. One in 56 in China. And Biden has made an announcement that we need to insularize, we need to localize those tech to ensure that we have sovereignty because this is the game moving forward, not only addresses climate change, but we're looking at creating high value jobs for the local economy. Mm. So we are no different. We okay, have to look into, yeah, have clearly to, you're yeah. passionate about your yeah. case, yeah. but I just recall mm. and reflect, you know, just two years, you were here with us again, the yeah. Breakfast Grill, just and I interviewed you, mm. and you were talking about the internet of nano things, Correct. right, yeah. IoT. Mm. Is the concern that you're just mm. moving from one wave after the other, like mm. you're just jumping from one fed after mm. the other. Mm. How do you answer the allegation that, you know, for you, you mm-hmm. have to be dynamic and agile, yeah. but the but the allegation will always be, yeah. oh yeah, these fellas are, you know, they just, they just grasp yeah. on some just, new just fed like and then move on, on to some Thing, yeah. And then after a while, mm. it loses steam, then it moves to the next one. Mm-hmm. How do you answer the allegation? I know. It, it's, uh, what we do now is always like building on the... So you're not ashamed about saying the fact that you're being agile and you're happy to move on to the different, different trends thing, and all but that. But what we build on the successes of, uh, of the previous year, the, the Internet of Nano Things now is infused into our EV because mm. those require telemetry, data collection. So it is well infused. There's a convergence. So what our initiative called Revolution, it's, we started in 2021, um, now we are moving or inching away uh, more towards an EV. Some of those key elements now is being infused into EV because you need to have connected devices and connected vehicles as such. So it's not going away because EV is all it's about confluence of, number one, uh, renewable energy, energy storage, interconnectivity, digital economy. So we are there. So there is a... Is. Last question though. Sure. Budget 2023 is going mm-hmm. to be retabled in less than a month. Are you worried that funding will be cut? Me? Uh, well, I think cuts across. Everyone has some concern uh, when budget is being retabled about where they stand in terms of the whole scheme of things. When um, the Prime Minister, Dr. Sriyano Ibrahim, when he announced Malaysia Madani. Mm. Uh, so you look at the M, which stands for Kemampanan. So D, Daya Cipta. So we know where to align to because those are well aligned to Daya Cipta goes back to Mosti in terms of building local capability. So we can align to that. Kemampanan, we're looking into ESG, ESG, climate resilience. So our game plan towards EV 
energy storage, battery, hydrogen economy is well aligned to that. So I have some level of confidence to show that. Yeah. You got your story sorted. Yeah. On the breakfast grill, Dr. Yeah. Rizal Khairi bin Ahmad from Nano Malaysia Bharat about the future of nanotechnology in Malaysia. I'm Philip C, BFM 89.9. The BFM Breakfast Grill is brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.